Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am a much less good-looking Sarah Gonzalez. That's very true. Yep. Very true. Thank very you, Pat. See, about consensus on the panel right off the bat. Uh, Pat and Jason joining me today. Pat, what's your big story? Uh, I think uh, I like the story of the top 10 Democrat candidates for 2020 uh, as compiled by The Hill. We're already there. This yeah, thing is already freaking started. Full steam ahead on that. Uh, Jason? Um, I've, I've been pushing this story for about two weeks now. Um, no one will let me talk about it. So now I'm forcing the issue. Um, the wall GoFundMe. Um, and not, it's about its chances, but what it means going forward and just the principle of it. Well, we won't have time for that today, of course. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, and because it's just the three of us today, I get my own story. And I'm going to go with the Louis C.K. thing. We talked a little bit about it on radio. The way that we are kind of moving towards a society that just censors itself with, mm. with a big smile on its face. It's very strange. Pat, let's start with yours. All right. Um, the Hill has compiled a list because the Democratic field is going to be 333 people <laughs> uh, by March. Yes. And so they've compiled a, a more tangible list of maybe 10. Uh, and then some also rants. Um, but I found it pretty interesting because some of the some of the names that lead in the opinion polls are kind of down in their survey. They think the number one candidate for 2020 for the Democrats is Beto O'Rourke, a guy who lost in his bid uh, in a statewide election. And, um, but he captured the imagination somehow of the Democrats. Yeah, it's, maybe we should, as we go through this, we should kind of just give quick takes on each one of them. Yeah. Because I, with Beto is interesting in that I think his chances of winning the nomination are in a way worse than him winning the actual uh, race, the presidency. And obviously it's not mm-hmm. exactly true, but like, because you have to win the nomination to win the presidency, at least that's how I understand it currently. Um, but like, he's not, I don't know that he stands out and necessarily is going to have captured the attention of Democrats in that primary. He's more mm-hmm. dangerous to me when he gets in front of a, an audience who doesn't really follow policy. Uh, and he can look at like this engaging guy who's he seems friendly and he's decent looking and he's obviously Hispanic, deeply Hispanic. Um, and, Except for not. Well, not at all. Not not at not. all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think like there's a chance there that if he him against Trump is an interesting dynamic. I don't know how that works out <clears throat> like where, you know, Elizabeth Warren versus Trump. I know exactly how that works out. That's not going to be good for Democrats. Um, so I don't know. I think Beto, he's got a chance, but it's a weird thing to put him number one. I feel it like. is. It's such a weird. Uh, I, I can't tell. It's like they're they're so psychotic about what they actually want out of this candidate. For one, I think they desperately want a young guy from the South. Mm-hmm. I think they've been looking for that for a long time. Someone mm-hmm. that's electable, young dude from the South. But on the other hand, he's white. He's male. Uh, he's a gazillionaire. Um, he's cis too, isn't he? Isn't he cisgender? Yeah, he's cisgender. <laughs> all these, yeah. all these things. That... He was born a male and is still oh, male. Geez, he's got no imagination, this guy. <laughs> but I, you could imagine on on the debate, you know, floor that you're going to have what your Kamala Harris's, your Elizabeth Warrens, you know, saying that you know it's t- it's time for a woman, you know, and it's time for yeah. you know n- I'm tired of all these like you know billionaire white guys. And then, you know, Beto's going to be like, uh, <laughs> like, can you go before? I don't want to follow that. <laughs> it's true. I think there will be pressure in the primary on Beto and, you know, some of the other names you're going to come up with here is that are, you know, they're white dudes. And yeah. there's an argument among Democrats right now. Yeah. Michael Avenatti is the only one I've heard make it publicly, but it's definitely going on in Democratic circles, which is, look, the reason they believe the reason they lost last time is because there's way more racist and sexist than they think. <laughs> so if we if we want to get someone with crazy socialist policies, we better get a white dude in there so people are OK voting for him. And speaking of white dudes, number two on the list, Bernie Sanders, yeah. who is a white dude, but also a very old white dude. I mean, this guy is 76 right now. He would be 78 when he wins 
the seat if he would win. And uh, I just think we need a constitutional amendment that if you're past the age, the average American male dies, <laughs> you can't be president. Okay, we don't we don't need that. He, uh, uh, he he's interesting because he he's still I think he's still I isn't he the most popular politician in the United States? He has really good approval ratings for what I think he does. because people see him as this like lovable grand, grandpa guy, right? Like. He just, they don't take him seriously as a policy guy for the most part. He's just like this kind of guy. Who comes How out is he and lovable? He's, 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 he's Yeah, he's, he's lovable in the way that the two guys in the balcony on the Muppets are lovable. I guess. Right? Like, you know, yeah. the, the guy kind of just screaming insults from above saying how crappy the show is. That's it. <laughs> and I do feel like yeah. I did love those guys. They were my favorite characters on the and, Muppets. And he's, and he's still, I mean, uh, the, the, uh, the percentages of, of millennials and younger voters that are drifting that direction. They're turning away from capitalism. There's a vast majority of them. Very much so. They're all on board with socialism. He's he has cornered that market. He has. And one more thing on Bernie too is it, he should be doing better. He should. There's no re- like. There's a reason why Beto O'Rourke has shown up at 10 percent in these polls. There's no reason Bernie Sanders is. The guy won 40 percent of the Democratic primary vote last time. Yeah. Everybody knows who he is. The whole audience knows who he is, and he's still stuck at 10 and 11 percent. I think the Democrats are like, we love the socialism, Bernie. We want someone new delivering it. And I do not think he's going to win. I think that's true. Uh, number three, we've got um, middle class Joe. Lunchbox Joe. Joe Biden. Oh. Lunchbox Joe. So funny. Uh, you know, Joe Biden is, he's a tough one because I, I think he'd fare pretty well. Um, I think he'd have a pretty good shot at the nomination. Now, would he beat Trump? I don't think so. But yeah. he's formidable. I, in his, even though he's a buffoon, yes, he's a formidable buffoon. Because some people, they just take it as part of the equation. Ah, that's just Joe. Well, it's just Joe being a moron. That's okay with you? <laughs> Joe will, uh, oh, Lunchbox, will go to those places that <laughs> Trump won last time. You know what I mean? He'll yeah. go to those places. Mm-hmm. That, they'll, they'll rebrand him as the Bill Clinton era, you know, modern day Democrat. He'll go to those places. He'll, he'll go to places in Michigan, Wisconsin, places like that. Uh, that we that Trump surprisingly won, but I don't think that if he goes there and Trump goes there, who's going to win? I think they'll probably go with Biden, wouldn't they? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I do think there's an argument that's relatively strong to make for Democrats that they don't need an entire rebrand. They don't need to do things completely differently. Just a dab of competence somewhere in that electoral process. And remember, they, you know, I think it's 40,000 votes. If 40,000 people switch from, Clinton, uh, to, or from Trump to Clinton in those three states, Clinton wins. They won the popular vote. In their minds, they're saying, we don't, we don't, this is not time. We don't need to like, you know, release co- uh, new Coke. Like, we just need to mm-hmm. rebrand Coke Classic with somebody who knows how to get the freaking delivery there. And I think with Biden, you know, because I mean... I, Biden kind of gives you that potential road where he can go into those Midwestern states, the Michigans, the Pennsylvanias, where, you know, uh, Trump somehow was able to kind of come out of that and say, well, I, I'm more competent. I'm more sane than, you know, Hillary. We know she was crazy. I can be more I can I can be your type of Democrat. And, and again, I, I, I've said this before, but I think it's true that Biden is one of the only candidates on that side that I'm pretty confident could deal with Trump's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump gets the same. We were just talking about how Joe, people are like, oh, it's just Joe. Well, that's what everyone says about Trump, too. It's like, oh, it's just Trump. He has that. They both mm-hmm. have that ability to when they make mistakes or they say something they shouldn't have said to be able to let it roll off. And they it's already built on. into the it's equation, built into the equation. Joe, look, Joe Biden says a bunch of dumb stuff. It's funny. Yep. The similarities are incredibly similar. I remember the I remember the debate like half the time that Trump never even said anything of substance in any of the debates. And he and he was deemed the winner. Mm-hmm. I remember. Remember what was the 2012 election when Biden was debating Paul Ryan? Oh, 
I remember that. And literally 75% of the time, he was just laughing. He was just laughing. Cutting him off. Cutting him off and just cracking up. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't answer and we would just laugh. And they said that he won that debate. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, Paul Ryan's like listing off all these like deep proposals and Joe's just laughing at him. Just crack it up. (laughs) But that's what Trump would do, right? Like, like, you know, Ted Cruz would come in and he'd say some detailed thing and he'd be like, ah, come on, lion Ted. And like, that's it. That's all you had to do. And Joe has a little bit of it in there. Whether he still has it, I don't know. I mean, it's questionable. It's been a long time. I mean, he's going to, what's his age? I mean, he's he's up there in the Bernie camp. Joe's 75, I think, 76 in there somewhere. But I mean, you know, they're both, I mean, both candidates are going to be in their 70s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we get to some identity politic uh, candidate, candidates uh, in Kamala Harris at number four and Elizabeth Warren at number five. Now, I think Elizabeth Warren's star has risen and fallen. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think, think she's right. out of it now. Same. Even with Democrats, it seems like. And I, I'm not sure if if uh, the Native American thing completely did her in. I think it was just the last straw. They're like, okay, you're, you're done. You're one 1,024th Native American Shut up. We're ready to move on. Um, Kamala Harris, though, seems a little more exciting to the Democrats. Yeah, I think Harris is a much more of a threat. Again, same liberal socialist policies, right? Like, it's just that she I think she's able to she's another one that might be able to hang a little bit with Trump in that she was a prosecutor and she's used to those back and forths um, where Elizabeth Warren just looks like she can't stand up to that sort of pressure. Mm -hmm. Now, now and I, you know, I'll forgive you for this, Pat. Um, I know you think that maybe you didn't think Elizabeth Warren had a chance. That's probably before you saw the video of her getting a beer. On her on her announcement, it was prior to it that. Was prior to that. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. I want you to Everything see this because this is quite possibly the most natural thing uh, anyone's any, ever anyone's done ever on done. the internet. This is not planned. You can no. tell she was just in the middle of talking and decided she wanted a beer. This was not planned right. in advance. There's no then, way. Coincidentally, her husband showed up and she had to introduce him. Oh, this is what happens sometimes happen. when you're filming yourself in your kitchen. Right. Um, so uh, here's the video. Watch. Hold on a sec. I'm gonna get me. Um, a beer. <laughs> I mean, horrible. Like the worst. Not even remotely close to, to natural. Hey. Hey. Oh, my husband, Bruce, okay. is now in here. Oh, what? Um, Amazing. You want a beer? No, I'll pass on the beer. Okay. You sure? Come on, okay. say hello to the folks. Yes. A beer? So, hey. this is my sweetie. Hello. Um, he's, and I'm crazy. Oh, I love you. I love you, too. I love Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Oh, Who would got here so far? Um, Skylar? Uh, and 14 others. Hello, Whoa, not 14. Denise. Hi, Fortnite. <laughs> Good so to see you. Who else bad. have we got? Uh, Kenny, is that right? Kenny and the boys. Oh, glad to see you. Is that Greeny Goddess? Wow. Is that Greeny Goddess? Wow. <laughs> that is embarrassing. That's it's really embarrassing. This is why you just watch a video like that and you know you need to run away from her if you're the Democrats. I mean, right. run her, please, as a Repu- Republican, please I'd run love her. it. And Trump would love it, and he's said he he would love it. Uh, get me um, a beer. <laughs> like, I, I mean, come on. Oh, look, my husband just walked <laughs> in. Bruce, come on over. I haven't seen anything look more natural than when Barack Obama shot a shotgun. I think that that was oh, yeah. equally just yeah. so natural. You can tell he does that all the time. <laughs> uh, we got to take a break here, Pat. Do you, have, do you want to throw in the, the 6 through 10 real quick just to get yeah, them out? Yeah, 6 through 10. Uh, Sherrod Brown, Corey Booker, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, Michael Bloomberg and Kirsten Gillibrand, none of whom have a shot. Yeah, I mean, Sherrod Brown is the only one who might. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about him really to, to to rule him out or say he's got a real shot. They like the combination of a red state where he's performed well. He's got kind of a populist sort of tilt to him. He's another one like uh, Biden who could go to those Midwestern states. But the other ones, Klobuchar, maybe I don't know. Mm. All right, we'll take a break. Back in a second. 
All right, so Louis C.K. is a comedian, and he's in trouble because he's been saying bad things about people. Now, of course, this is a guy who uh, got in trouble for a sexual scandal of sorts. Uh, we've talked about a decent amount on the show. Um, and so now he is uh, back on tour. He's going to comedy clubs. He, the audience apparently loves the guy, uh, but the left people on Twitter don't, and that's really who you have to care about these days, not your actual audience. You have to care about what people on Twitter think for some reason. Um, so uh, he did a, a set in which he talked about uh, gender issues, and uh, among, particularly among the youth of America, uh, as well as uh, the kids from Parkland. Uh, some of it's offensive. If you have little kids around, you might want to uh, move them out of the room, but it's all bleeped for you. Uh, here is uh, his set that got him in trouble. Listen. But I'm a little disappointed in the younger generation, honestly, because I'm 51 years old, and when I was like 18 to my 20s, I mean, we were idiots. We were getting high, doing mushrooms and and then older people were like, you got to get your together, and we were like, yeah, you. And I was kind of excited to be in my 50s and see people in their 20s and be like, they're crazy. These kids are nuts, but they're not. They're mean. They're just boring. <laughs> Tell them you shouldn't say that. What the? What are you, an old lady? What the? <laughs> are you doing? That's not appropriate. You, you're a child. Why are you each other and doing jello shots? Like, why aren't you? Why? You should address me. They're like royalty. They tell you what to call them. You should address me as they them. Because I identify as gender neutral. Oh, okay. Okay. You should address me as there. Because I identify as a location. <laughs> and the location is your mother's <laughs> It doesn't have to be that nasty. <laughs> but it can be. I don't know, they testify in front of Congress, these kids? Like, what the f***? What are you doing? You're young, you should be crazy. You should be unhinged. Not in a suit saying, I'm here to tell you. You're not interesting. Because you went to a high school where kids got shot? Why does that mean I have to listen to you? How does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot, you pushed some fat kid in the way. And then, now I gotta listen to you talking? Oh, I, I mean, I know you're not supposed to say it, but that's, that is brilliant. I mean, it really that's is funny. freaking funny comedy. And, and look, the, you know, the fact that the left is not comfortable with the points he's bringing up. They don't like David Hogg is untouchable, right? Mm-hmm. The Parkland kids are untouchable. You're not allowed to speak about them. You're not allowed to say that it's ridiculous that we call people they, them, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are things you're not allowed to say in public anymore. And I think that's why he's getting the pushback. It has nothing to do with what he's actually, you know, who he actually is. It's very consistent with who he, who he is. And it has nothing to do with his sexual scandal. It's because he's coming after the sacred cows. Absolutely. The, these kids, for some reason, even though they've jumped into the political arena, are untouchable. Well, that's never been the case. I mean, even candidates' families are off limits until they start campaigning for their mother or father. Mm-hmm. And when they jump into the political arena, well, I'm sorry, you're... Fair game now. You, you, we can comment on the things you say. And we can comment as to whether it's uh, reasonable or not. And, and these Parkland kids that were telling us how uh, gun control is the way to go, we have every right to say, 
uh, no, thank you. You don't know what you're talking about. You guys are 17 and 18-year-olds who don't know what you're talking about. And we're supposed to pretend, like like he said, that they're royalty and they're untouchable. You couldn't even make fun of David Hogg for not getting into the college that he wanted to get into. Right. You could not do that. And it was like he was getting rejected, rejected. Now he's going to Harvard. I know. Crying out loud. That's so ridiculous. Harvard. Wow. Couldn't get into, like, local schools around there. Now he's going to Harvard. Uh, yeah, did you Come see on. The, the stats on wow. that, too, where he, uh, the average, I think he got a 1,200 or something, 1,260 or something on his SATs, which is a decent score. He's obviously somewhat it's of a It's not a Harvard kid. score, though. But it's not a Harvard score. In fact, I think the average of the bottom 25% that get into to Harvard is 1,470. Wow. And he got in with, like, a 1,270. Wow. Uh, no, look, it's not the only thing, but it's like he got rejected by schools far lower mm-hmm. on the, you know, the achievement spectrum than Harvard um, before he became a left-wing celebrity. And, you know, that's not merit. That's not what that is. I mean, if you're, if you, think of it, if you're um, one of these people who are uh, suing Harvard right now uh, because you're Asian and are sick of being discriminated against, they're taking out people, Asian people, with 1550s and, and putting David Hogg in there because he goes on MSNBC all the time. That, that's not the right way to do it. Um, and so, again, I think there is a level of criticism that can come, especially to the points. When you're making a point about the Second Amendment, what are we supposed to do? Just shut up and let you say whatever you want? Right. When you're saying something that's blatantly not true? Um, and that's beyond the po- point here of the Louis C.K. thing. He, you know, it's a guy who does things for comedic reasons. Um, this is kind of who he is. We have a couple of other clips here from him. This is him kind of explaining where his comedy comes from, and it's from a dark place a lot of times. Uh, let's listen to this. Everybody has a competition in their brain of good thoughts and bad thoughts. Hopefully they win, the good thoughts win. For me, I always have both. I have like the thing I believe, the good thing. That's the thing I believe. And then there's this thing. And I don't believe it, but it is there. It's always this thing and then this thing. It's become a category in my brain that I call, of course, but maybe. <laughs> Again, I think, like, when you hear that setup, you know, what he's saying is he doesn't believe a lot of the stuff. Like, he doesn't even believe it. If He's going for laughs, and he's going to that dark sort of recess of your mind. Um, so this will be interesting with you, Jason, as a military veteran. Um, he, uh, this is when he was the most popular comedian in the world, and the left loved him. He was doing things like this about the military. Watch. Of course, if you're fighting for your country and you get shot or hurt, it's a terrible tragedy. Of course. Of course. Maybe if you pick up a gun and go to another country and you get shot, it's not that weird. (laughs) Maybe if you get shot by the dude you were just shooting at, it's a tiny bit your fault. (laughs) (laughs) You're a vet, and you laughed at that. No problem with that whatsoever. And every single vet, like... uh, <laughs> Every single vet, I think, would not have any issues with that whatsoever. All, pretty much all vets are the most politically incorrect people alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, what's hilarious is like, this is just talk. This is comedy. Yeah, right. That, that we're even having these debates now in 2019 is ridiculous. Uh, it, it's Absolutely tr- ridiculous. It's true. And it's like, you know, he'll take a little germ of something maybe you thought one time and blow it into this ridiculous thing. And that's why it's funny. It's going to a ridiculous extreme. We used to make fun of people that could not, that took themselves too seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, so they got offended over everything. Like those people, like they didn't have the voice. They didn't rise above everyone else. They were the ones like, oh my gosh, okay, whatever. And they were like yeah. kind of pushed aside. Now they're the ones leading the debate. So it's so <laughs> true, and, I, and that's one of the best observations I think he has in that first piece, where when he said, "What are you, an old lady?" 
Like that's what we used to expect. That oh, 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 you know that 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 that, that stereotype of the, the woman who's offended by everything in the room. That's in the entire society now. Yeah, yeah. We all act as if we're royalty and are offended if you don't call me sir or madam. That what what year is it? Like I, I mean, we are going backwards uh, in such a dramatic way, and I, it's really interesting to watch society embrace it. All right, I want to take a break because we have Jason's border wall thing here, and we've got to raise money for his border wall. So we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> All right, Jason, the border wall. Okay, uh, I've got two minutes, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Brian Colfage is like a, he's a triple amputee, uh, a US Air Force veteran. He started this GoFundMe, what was this, maybe like two, three weeks ago, something like that. And pretty much the collective uh, everyone just kind of laughed at him. And um, I, I was refreshing this and refreshing it, refreshing it. Every, every seemed like every couple of hours it was going up $200,000 or something like that. He has a one for Americans to just pay for the border wall. For Americans to do it on their own. Yeah. So I want to circle back to that. But um, so now I think they're up. Yeah, it's like eighteen point six million dollars. His goal is one billion dollars. And just (laughs) so how all this is supposed to work out, the mechanics of it. If he doesn't reach one billion, everything gets refunded back to the people that donated. Um, and a lot of people brought up the fact that well, you can't just give money to the United States government. That, that can't be done. So they've gotten a couple of representatives. There's one, uh, I think, bill that's being introduced into the funding budget bill now. To try to make this legal. To try to make this legal. And then if they get that done, then there's another act that's been, been uh, introduced that will make it to where they can continue to donate. And so money can continue to go towards mm. that one specific uh, cause, which is extremely cool. Interesting. Really cool. So let's just get this out on the table right now. They're never going to reach the one billion goal. No, um, it's slowing down considerably now. Every time you refresh it, it goes up maybe a couple thousand dollars or something like that. It's slowing down. But this is my thing. So this is American conservatism in action right now. This is like screw it. This is such a. This is so important for us. Yeah. We're not going to leave it up to you. Really, if if if, if Medicare for all is, is single payer is that important to you, why would you leave it in the hands of government? Mm. You would put that on your own shoulders. If it's literally people dying in the streets. I'm doing this, and I'm out of time on this. So I mean, I'm gonna right, go back well, into this. We, this I think is why we have overtime. Overtime for these purposes. Get ready, just like that. Be amazed. All right, thanks. We'll see you on the other side in overtime. <laughs> see, there you go. I mean, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, Jason, uh, talking about the border wall and, and how it's kind of a it's kind of a nice example of conservatism in action in theory. Right. Um, that's what that's the main thing I took from this. And it's like if you really, really believe in something, like if you really wanted to get it done, and to you, it's a matter of life and death. Do now, it through private donations. Private donations. Why would you ever leave it to the government? When have they ever done anything correctly? Yeah. They never do it anything right. So uh, there's a va- there's a huge uh, there's, a, there's a large portion of America right now that wants to see this thing get done, and pretty much I think everyone collectively is like, do you think this gets done in 2019? I, I don't think it gets no. done. I don't think it ever gets done. You already no. saw was it was it Lindsey Graham saying, well, we always thought it was a metaphor, really. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what? Oh, even oh. No, it was never a metaphor. Even John Kelly is. Uh, I mean, in his exit interview, uh, he's leaving the White House. Today's his last day, by the way, as chief of staff, and he's leaving, and he says, yeah, it was. You know, it's not really a wall, for being honest. 
I mean, I, what? Okay. I, I All right. And then did you that. see Trump's latest tweet? He tweeted it again. Mm-hmm. That they're paying for the wall through the USMCA. Which is not no, true. No. No, we're not morons here, okay? That's <laughs> not paying for the wall. That's not how Mexico is paying for the wall. It's yeah. USMCA. First of all, that's not even in practice yet. We're not even doing <laughs> USMCA yet. Yeah. So don't tell me it's funding the wall. Right. This is like, it's, it's a heck of a social con- contract, if anything else. To say, look, this is how much we believe in this. When's the last time anyone raised around $20 million to do anything that we've yeah. asked the government to do? Yeah. Has that ever happened before? Well, we were like, look, get rid of Obamacare. Okay, well, how much money did you did you uh, raise to replace it with something? Yeah. Probably zero dollars. Yeah, like this the, has never been happened. This I, has never been done before. I like the concept of the GoFundMe thing, too, because I would put my money up for stuff like this if uh, I knew I would get it back if it didn't happen. Right, like if I if I were to say, and like, if you believed that yeah. they would take that fund yeah. and apply it to what you had in mind, exactly, yeah. like then if, I would. If they're not, gonna, if they, they build the wall or I get my money back, like I'm willing to put some money into that, right? Like because sure. I mean, me I, too. The, the way it's happening now is not really legal, as you pointed out, but still, I think it's a it's a way that it's an interesting approach. I like it. Now, if you're if you're totally going the libertarian conservative route, I do not agree with the government going down to these places in like say Texas and building this wall because they're going to have to claim an imminent domain. So what I would like for them to do is I would like to take it one step further. I would like them to just fully take it on all private uh, initiative. And once, I don't know, however much they, however, whatever they deem is, is going to cost for them, I would like for them to go to every single rancher and then get their support for this. To actually say, look, we're going we're gonna to build this wall. We, I would like to buy this property from you. How much is it going to cost? I'm just, I'm just thinking in that terms because every time I think about, really think about building the wall. Yeah. I don't like the fact that the government's going to steal all this land away from well, the, all these ranchers. They usually pay for the. I mean, yeah, they, they would normally pay. pay. They'll they, pay for it. They'll yeah, give them market still, value. They'll their, give them the money against their will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a tough one. I mean, because I mean, mo- most of the problem is in Texas too when it comes to this, because a lot of the land west of here is is owned by the government already, mm-hmm. so it's not that big of an issue. But uh, with Texas, it's a lot of private landowners, and I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, if you don't want it, I mean, like. It's a tough one. I do think this is probably a closer use of eminent domain than when it was intended. Rather, to me, than like this the, is the ultimate the, use for for right. eminent domain. Like other than like the, if it's going to exist, much more than even a highway, a, right? Yeah. Like like this much is more. probably as pure an example of eminent domain as exists. Mm-hmm. But still, I still it makes don't me agree with it. it. Still makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm with you on that. All right, uh, let's do one more here because um, this one's interesting. Again, Jason, being our military expert. What happens in this scenario? This is Bernie Sanders, and he's trying to tell us how to respond to climate change. He tweets, we must look at climate change as if it were a devastating military attack against the United States and the entire planet, and we must respond accordingly. (laughs) Now, as a military expert, if we had a devastating attack (laughs) from a military against the United States, how would we react to that, would you think? Overwhelming force. Bomb them. (laughs) So we're going to bomb Exxon? We're going to bomb climate denialists? Like, what is he advocating for here? I don't know. I don't think any of them know... Like every time they bring up climate change, it's like, what is the what? What are you going to do? Like, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. What are you going to do? Let's say it is happening, and it's a a degree. It's one degree. It's a degree and a half Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit, or or whatever. Okay, how are you going to stop it? By throwing ninety trillion at it, which is what Al Gore says is going to be necessary worldwide. Ninety trillion dollars to fix the problem. Where's that coming from? That's only. Uh, another third more than all the money in the world. That's it. That's all. Oh, okay. So, well, all it, the money in the world is about sixty trillion. So, ninety trillion 
what if we printed so much money we all just turned into Zimbabwe and then we'd have like trillions, everybody would have like $60 trillion in their pocket. We're all trillionaires. Be easy. That would be fun be too, easy. right? <laughs> all right. It would be fun. It's so, it's so ridiculous. This is knee-jerk reactions and on a barrage of issues, but especially this climate change thing. Like literally, like do you think that if you just kind of get out of the way of Tesla, they're not going to solve you know, like all the combustible combustible engine problems right. I mean, that we have out there. That's the thing. Yeah. Entrepreneur and capitalism is, will will fix, we'll it. fix it. It's going to happen. So if you think this is such a huge deal in 50 years, do you really think that we're going to be driving the same cars now as we are in the next 20 years? No. 10 years even? Um, and I will say this uh, before we depart. Um, it's a new year, and you might have a little bit. Of, you might be down a little bit. Uh, I want to give you something to lift your spirits. This is this uh, Sanders tweet is just the beginning of so many gifts we're going to be getting from this Democrat <laughs> because they're all going to try to get to the left of each other on every issue. They're going to be saying some insane crap in the next uh, year. It'll be fun. And it's going to be fun to be part of. I, that's what I loved. Is I remember uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, and Bernie Sanders were actually like kind of they were they were competing on who was the bigger progressive. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm bigger. You, that used to be a dirty word. Yeah. Like you didn't even say it. I remember Glenn saying it, and they were like, what? No, no, yeah. that's kind of conspiracy theories. They were actually saying it in an open debate on national TV and saying, I'm the bigger progressive. Yeah. Oh, I mean, again, <laughs> that's only two of them fighting. Wait till 30 of them are fighting with each other. Yeah. They're going to be saying, like, they're going to be calling Stalin too conservative. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're uh, back with more tomorrow here on the News and Why It Matters. Thanks, guys, for joining us. All right. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.